Episode number seven with Jessica, Mickey, and hey, I'm Eric. Oh, we got Eric from Meth Syndicate over here. Hi guys. If you haven't heard of Meth Syndicate, which you probably have, um, Eric, you're a clothing designer and pins and hats and mm. some rad shit for bad kids. Yep, yep. I uh, I act like an asshole on the internet and sell shirts about it. And I like horror movies, so here I am. Yeah, living the dream. Living Definitely. The dream. Definitely. Um, so, did you watch anything recently? Have we besides Dunkirk? Which well, I did that. I think last episode we talked about how everything. much I've seen because yeah. I've seen it all, and then I finally went to go see Dunkirk, which it's a real story, and this is funny because it blew my mind that actually someone in the theater I heard someone mention it as I was walking out. She's like, "I think this is a real story, wasn't it? Like, it, it has to be true." And I'm like, "Fuck!" Oh my God. Like, I can't handle my existence right now, but. Um, it's weird because I really like Christopher Nolan, but all the people who don't like Christopher Nolan like this movie, but I felt very, like, eh, whatever about it. Like, people are, I cried at the end, it was so emotional, and it's a great survivalist story, which it is a great survivalist story. Oh, I thought you were saying that you cried at the end of it. No, I oh, didn't. Okay. I, I kind of okay. felt very, like, meh about it, but all the people who don't usually like Christopher Nolan who saw it were like, I loved it, it was beautiful, and it is, it is a gorgeous looking movie. There's like, and it's loud as fuck, and it is very little dialogue. Um, it's a non-linear storyline, so it kind of took you a second to. Re- you're like, wait, this isn't. It's Fucking not Memento here. All over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was very like that, and mm-hmm. I guess like you had to put a spin on it, but it felt unnecessary to do that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, also, some of the like, the plots uh, felt unnecessary too. There was like some seventeen-year-old kid in one of the things and I don't want to ruin it for anybody but that whole uh, storyline with him in it just felt unnecessary it didn't need to be there it was kind of stupid but Harry Styles is in it from One Direction god man first fucking Ed, Ed from or what was that dude's Ed name Sheeran or Ed Sheeran, Sheeran. Yeah, Sheeran. yeah 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 uh, Moby showed up in and that dude from This Is England and Game of Thrones Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, you I sent me a picture of that. I'm yeah, like, holy I was shit. losing it. I like paused it. Not I many people like, fuck with that yeah, movie, yeah, so I was yeah. stoked when I saw that. Yeah. Oh man, but yeah, I mean, Dunkirk is definitely worth seeing. It's worth paying for. I just like felt whatever about it. Yeah, you're selling it really well. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. <laughs> um, so one of the reasons what we're going to talk about here, and I think it's a great segue, is um, so we got the new Blade Runner coming out in, what, a month or two? Oh, yeah. I, I, so they finally, I didn't see this trailer yet, but they showed it during Dunkirk, which, so I saw the Blade Runner um, trailer in IMAX, which is, it looks great, and I was really worried about it. Uh-huh. Now that I saw that, I feel better, because I think we talked about how I don't really like Ringo's. Yeah. But it looks really good. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, it's just—it's always interesting whenever you make a sequel to anything that's like considered a classic, especially if you make it what? Are we looking at thirty-five years now? Yeah. Yeah, thirty-five years um, after the original. 
and so I started thinking about sequels and everything, and, and um, you know, good sequels and bad sequels. I always find that, like, good sequels are the ones that, um, can, you, a, lot of the, a lot of the best sequels bring in the original director, yeah. or the original director or the creator has something to do with it. And usually when it kind of goes off the rails and you got a bad sequel is when it's so far removed from that Unless person's... Unless you're Scott and you're uh, making these terrible... Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. That's a really good point. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, uh, so I wanted to think about... So we want, I want to talk about good sequels, not mentioning the one that we saw, we just watched. Um, what are some good sequels to you, Eric? I mean, Terminator 2 right off the bat is yep. the best of all time. You're just going to get that. The best. you got to get out of the way. That's yeah. off the checklist. That yeah. was... I definitely mentioned that one, too, because it's... All right, I think we talked about this, but it's in my eyes, it's better than the first one. Yeah, I mean, I understand the first one explains a lot, and it's like a little bit more gritty. But yeah. when they, they brought in the action adventure aspect of it, and James Cameron just put out one of the best movies of all time. Right? Like, oh uh, yeah, Titanic is fantastic. Yeah, they- I love. Okay, listen, <laughs> I saw Titanic probably. All right, Dunkirk. Ten times. When the Terminator's banging that girl in the stagecoach and she yeah. wipes, wipes the, the sweat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Terminator hand wipes the sweat. <laughs> or just gives a thumbs yeah. up. <laughs> Down in the lava. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, I, I, I mean, Terminator 2, definitely. Yeah. Um, what else, though? Oof, I mean, it's hard. Like, better than or just good? Just good. Show? I mean, like, because we're going to talk about... there are a few that are better than... I, I actually think might be better than... Like what? Well, okay, so the the most, I think, talked about is Aliens. Yeah. You think Aliens is better than Aliens? I don't... See, that's it's the a, one it's that a Terminator think, 2 thing. They yeah. took a, a gritty movie and made it an action adventure. Well, they took a horror movie yeah. and they made it, Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. Terminator 1's a horror movie. Yeah, for real. And Alien's a horror movie, and then they went... I mean, but that's a good idea, because like the, the other thing I was going to say is a good sequel it, yeah. kind of takes the, the original into a different direction without shitting on the original. Yep. You know? Amps it up. Because, uh, you know, I can definitely think of a bad sequel to the Alien movies was Alien Resurrection, where, like, I... Oh, yeah. And then, you know, then we can go on to the Ridley Scott, the the Prometheus, and the Yeah, it makes me so sad for him. (laughs) Um, I shouldn't be. He's getting paid millions of dollars to do those. No, he's... Whatever. I I feel like he's lost his touch since um, Thelma and Louise. That long? Yeah, probably. Did he do that long? Yeah, he did. That was a good one. That I always think one. about that when you drive a big start. I'm like, maybe I could just drive off a cliff. Oh, uh, Although I have to, I would have to like kill someone beforehand and then drive off a cliff. That's it. That's yeah. Right? But you know about the you know about the original ending that they like they shot and then they had deleted. It's where like they they go off the Grand Canyon, but they land on the other side. And Michael Madsen, Harvey Keitel, spray them with beer, and they all start like. While listening to fastball the way. <laughs> or or ZZ Top's Give Me All Your Lovin'. Yeah. yeah. Um, For a second, I was going with it. I was like, I know. wow. I know. I can, I can see it, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, like, and then you got, like, you know, there's, there's some other good sequels. You got, like, Phantasm 2, which I think is, I you know, we talked about this last episode where, like, I hadn't seen it in years. I went to a movie marathon last year and saw it at, like, 2 in the morning. And I don't know if it was the time I saw it or, like, if it was just, like, me being older and going, fuck, this is a great sequel and I actually there especially with Phantasm I would almost put Phantasm 2 up there with Phantasm 1 it's same director uh, they, mm-hmm. the one big thing they did it they did differently was they recast one of the characters uh, and they cast James LeGros you know from Point Break and oh. uh, yeah 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 but um I don't know if I've ever 
seen Phantasm 2. It's it's really good. It's like a really good late night movie, it's you know? It's just the brothers end up taking off, right? No, because right? that's in part... Because in part three they come up, but it's part two is Reggie and, like, the... The kid from the first movie, yeah. but now he's played by James Legro. It's the only time okay, yeah, yeah, that yeah. James Legro plays him because in the other Phantasm sequels they bring the kid back, and so it's kind of like a jarring thing oh, to weird. watch them all in sequence. But it's this badass like kind of road trip like horror movie, you know. And um, I don't know. I really dug Phantasm too, and then um, Halloween too. Like the original Halloween 2. We talked about Rob Zombie's oh, yeah. Halloween 2. Uh, that's know. a remake, not really a sequel, right? But he is right. a remake, made a sequel, a though. He made yeah, Halloween just, 1 and 2. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah, yeah. It was stupid. The second yeah. one is so bad. I think any, I think that was one of the original horror movies that was set in like, a hospital. And yeah. it kind of gave like a dreadful feeling. Like, yeah. I remember as a kid watching the girl get her face burnt off in the yeah, hot tub. In the hot tub, and that's like, right, yeah. Holy shit. Like, and the fact that it picks up right where one ends yeah it makes it a really cool movie because shot off the balcony yeah. disappears and then it's one just minute like, later boom. yeah exactly and I, it shows the beginning of the, of the first one at the beginning like right. it's a four hour fucking horror movie it's yeah sick. it's great and I, then I, part I, three obviously was it I love part three <laughs> uh, me too but everyone knows it shouldn't have been a Halloween movie exactly <laughs> right exactly but I mean and I, in fact in my notes I wrote Halloween three but is it a sequel like yeah. um, but I do love Halloween I three I love days to Halloween um, <laughs> two, uh, you know, there's there's two sequels I, I just thought of too. Well, I didn't just think of, but I looked at my notes or anything. But we'll talk about those ones after we, you know, later on because I kind of want to tie that into something else that that's happened recently. But um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. Yeah, you love that. Movie. I do, I do, I do love that movie. I, I mean, I love the original. It is good though. I love the yeah, and I love the original more. But I do like that Toby Hooper was like nobody laughed at the original, so now I'm just gonna like make it. Yeah, I'm so, gonna go balls to the yeah. wall with the, comedy. Yeah, the, the car chase scene at the beginning with the fucking ten foot chainsaw cutting the guy's head in half. Oh yeah, <laughs> and one of the dudes is from KCRW. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, I found that out uh, not too long ago. I was like, I saw an interview with him, and I was like, oh my god, that. He's on KCRW, and he was one of the actors that, like, he's the really obnoxious one with the goofy glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I think, I'm almost convinced that, that what you, you're selling uh, some something on your site that ties into this, but Hellbound, Hellraiser Ooh, 2. Hellraiser 2, man. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that yeah, one's... Yeah, actually, I, I forgot about that. And that kind of, like, kind of goes into the Halloween 2 thing, where it's, like, it almost picks up, like... It definitely does. Yeah, you know, and then back in the hospital. There you go. Yeah, back in the hospital. Same, same formula. And what we just watched, we'll talk about later, but yeah. Yeah. kind of the same thing. It's just, like, a creepy atmosphere. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, well, I mean, I think largely because you're taking that one place where everybody feels like they should feel safe Dreadful. and completely yeah. flipping that upside down. Yeah, exactly. Um, Evil Dead 2? I mean... Evil Dead yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, but, but definitely, I mean, like, again, I'm partially Evil Dead 1, but Evil Dead 2 is a fantastic sequel, mm-hmm. so is Army it of Darkness. It is, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'll tell you, seeing those both when I was, like, 10 was probably the most confusing Dude. shit ever. Yeah, the... I didn't the, get it, because I, I saw Army of Darkness first, I rented it from, like, Blockbuster. Uh-huh. What was it, 91 or some shit that came out? 92, very, 93? 92, yeah. So I saw that first, initially, just as a movie, and then I was uh-huh. like, oh... This is part of the Evil Dead franchise. All I knew about Evil Dead was seeing the cover art. At the, right. Yeah. So I found that out, so I rented one and two. And I watched them back to back. And I was like, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> As a kid, you know, now I yeah. get it. I know everything about it. But back then, I was like, this is... What the hell just happened? Why did I just watch the same movie twice? Right. And, like, and <laughs> I, I watched them in order, which was, really, which was good, you know, I guess. But, like, you know, you watch Evil Dead 1, and it's great. And then you watch Evil Dead 2, and, it like, they kind of rehash the original one, but they, they remove... 
it's some it's characters, so and you're like, wait, is this a sequel? Is this a remake? What is this? And, and I think they've said, like, hey, look, Evil Dead 2 is a sequel. We just kind of, like, we chopped up. We edited the uh, the, the, the recap just to kind of, like, get to the chase, you sure. know, which I, I think was a good idea. Um, but again, you know, this is another example of, like, a director kind of coming back and, and kind of re- revisiting their own material so it doesn't feel like it's some... It's in the hands of somebody who just doesn't give a shit sure. or, yeah. you know, has just been hired to deliver a fucking, you know, movie. Um, another movie, that I, another sequel I think is, I still think it's underrated. I don't know why it, I feel like people don't appreciate enough because they see it as a sequel um, was The Exorcist 3. I think any I Exorcist know. sequel, I think, is a little, a little tough to chew for some people because yeah, the first is good? so important. Exorcist 3? Exorcist 2 sucked. Awful. Yeah, I okay. had it in my list of bad part 3 ones. in a hospital. Yeah, part 3 in a hospital. <laughs> yeah. This so, is a hospital episode. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So uh, the story about Exorcist 3 is that the guy who wrote you know, the book and the screenplay of Exorcist 1, he wrote a, bo- uh, a second book. Well, he wrote two other books. And they all in the in one book called the Ninth Configuration, which they also made into a movie that he directed. Mm-hmm. Um, took the astronaut that she talks to at the party. You know, you're gonna die up there. Yep. Yeah. And he's one of the main characters, Ninth Configuration. It's him in a hospital, like a mental hospital. Weird. And um, <laughs> it's like this whole like exploration of like faith and like all this stuff. And then Exorcist Three, which was based on another book called Legion, was um, the main character is the detective who's investigating everything in Exorcist yeah. One. And he's played by Lee J. Cobb in the original, and he's investigating a murder mystery, uh, um, like a rash of serial killings that um, they, they're the calling card is from a killer who was executed the night of the exorcist, the exorcism in the original Exorcist, and uh, it's a continuation of Exorcist that has like you know the priest that that he, you know. The one who gives, you know, his friends with the, with Father Karras. The one who doesn't jump down a flight of stairs. The one who doesn't jump down the flight of stairs and doesn't have a heart attack in, like, the bedroom. Uh, (laughs) The other priest and the detective are now, like, best friends. And they, like, get together all the time and, like, they go to the movies, which they were kind of hinting towards in the first movie where, like, the cop is constantly asking Father Karras, like, hey, you want to go to a movie? Oh, God, that's funny. So they, 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 there's that storyline and then, you know, it goes into its own thing. Exorcist 3, though, is fantastic. And, but, and the funny thing was, it wasn't even supposed to be called Exorcist 3. It was supposed to be called Legion, which was, you know, the name of the book. But the studio that financed it was like, no, 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 We need to call it Exorcist 3. Yeah. And he's like, mm, I don't know if that's a good idea. And then, so he's like, you know, whatever, fine, I'll do it. I'll call it Exorcist 3. And he makes the movie. And they were like, you know there's no exorcism at the end of your movie. And he's like, I know. And they're like, you got to film an exorcism. So then there's this, oh, like, this, like, kind of out of the fucking blue exorcism at the end of Exorcist 3 when you're like ah this is not where I saw it going but that being said it's got one of the best jump scares which you referenced in the la- in the movie we just yes, watched it's done with the scissors yeah it's, it's and I mean like I, I think it's I know when that's coming and it still gets me every time it's, the, it's one of the creepiest things um, in the films <laughs> old, yeah old ladies on ceilings fucking scare the shit out of me yeah. I, I, anything after, on a ceiling in general is pretty bad after I watched Exorcist 3 every time I walked in a room I would do like a quick check of the ceiling <laughs> make sure there's not some my, old creepy my lady. girlfriend's <laughs> terrified of crawly ceiling things yeah they're awful I, I hate I, it I, not necessarily the ceilings but the bench crawly yeah, shit like, yeah, yeah. I showed her in in the mouth of madness. Oh, with the when she oh, gets out of the God, car. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. She showed her fucking pants, man. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, and then another sequel that I, I, I know that. Yeah, definitely. Um, another sequel that I think I, I personally think is is I would actually say I like the sequel better than the original is uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, 
with, uh, and we talked about, we kind of talked about this when we watched the movie we just watched, yeah. uh, with Corey Feldman. It's Crispin Glover And Crispin Glover and doing the best dance. Do you like to dance? Yeah. Like it's good. Song. Yeah. No, this is good. <laughs> it's good. soft spoken creepy guy. That's oh, the best, I mean, that's yeah. the best Friday, I think. Yeah, I, I think so that too. That dance alone made that the best <laughs> Friday the 13th. It also is like the last, I think, Friday the 13th where they were like, okay, we're still going to try to scare people. I think after that, they kind of just go off the rails yeah. and they're like, no one's getting scared. Yeah. It's um, just, yeah. Bad sequels, you know, we mentioned, I mentioned Alien Resurrection, um, you know, uh, Terminator 3 and Forward. <coughs> oh, oh my I, god, I, they are so bad. I, I watched, I, go, go, go. No, I, w- I was just going to talk about how angry that Terminator Salvation made me. <laughs> I went to that theater. Great trailer. Yes, great trailer. Bad movie. Terminator 3 sucks so bad, I did not watch any of the other ones. Is that the one with, um, uh, Nick Claire Stahl. Danes? Yeah, yeah Nick Stahl. Okay, that one was bad, too. It was really bad. And it was, like, ten plus years, right? I know, and I, want, like I wanted that one to be good, too, because I love Nick Stahl. Yeah, a lot yeah. of time to work on that script. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just, it, they're, they're, yeah, I, the thing about James, only James Cameron has that ability where he can get you so invested in what's happening on the screen that you don't, you're not asking questions during the movie, like, I mentioned this before, but like um, the abyss. I don't know if you guys remember the abyss. Hell yeah. yeah, I love. All right, it. you know this. Right, underwater. Yeah, the whole yeah. the whole underwater scene where he's like, yeah. she's like, I'm gonna die, and then you're gonna revive me, and it's like, in when I'm watching the movie, I'm like, oh my god, what the fuck is gonna happen? And yet afterward, the movie, I'm like, fuck, that was really dumb. But I still bought it, you know. He, yeah. I think he, everyone actually almost died filming that movie. Oh yeah. Thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, Terminator Two. There's a lot of things that when you after the movie, you're like, wait a minute. Like, how does this work, and how does this work if... I've but, probably you know, seen it so many times that I've rationalized every bit of it. I mean, look, Terminator... He does such a great job of Terminator 2 that I overlook Eddie Furlong's, like, prepubescent, like... But he... Okay, <laughs> at that age, in, like, what, 91, 92? Shit, Dyson, she's gonna him. blow him away! He was, like, a heartthrob. I was like, shit, he knows that. Yeah. Hack, ATM cards... He, like... Easy money. Yeah. I still own a public a enemy shirt because of that shit. Yeah, right? Hangs it's out like, with Bobby Budnick. Look, I yeah, get it. Cool. Salute your shorts, baby. He was a good pick. I, I get it. I totally get it. Um, and, and I love that. It's just that, like, you know, James Cameron. I'm just, it's, again, it's a testament that he's so good at getting you involved in yeah. what you're seeing that you don't care about any of the flaws until <laughs> after the movie. Terminator 3, on the other hand, did not have that. And then Terminator Salvation, like, like we were oh just saying, God, that I trailer, I remember getting... So excited! You know the Nine Snails track playing, and you had this really. This is going to be like the the darkest. Like it's going to come back to like the dark, like gritty, like. And instead, it was this really shitty movie with that guy from Avatar that I can't fucking stand. And you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, Yeah. with Sam something. That guy, Clash of the Titans, dude. I can't stand. Yeah, I hate that movie. Um, Highlander two. One of those examples that it, where it was directed by the same guy who did the first one, but it just completely... What's that guy's name? Michael Russell Mulcahy. No, 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 the actor. Oh, uh, Christopher Lambert. Yeah! And Sean Connery. Um, I saw, like, some weird mafia movie with him in it, and it was the... Funniest. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The, the Sicilian. Was, yes, it was so... It was so ridiculous. Every shot was just a close-up of his face, like, but making this, like, he would turn and be like... Mm. Dude, the dude's awesome. But, it, it was really but awful, when, but, but... But what I had said before about, like, how, like, sometimes you take a, you know, you take a movie... Like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1 was my example, and you kind of yeah. go the complete opposite direction. But that's so... I had... Like, one of my picks uh-huh. was Indiana Jones, but the series, like, there's different subjects, so they're not, I don't know. Well, people shit on really Temple. Co- 
But I, Temple's, my, Temple's but, my favorite. Yeah, yeah. that's and what that, I'm saying. That movie but, invented PG-13 ratings. But it's not really a sequel. Yeah. Which is cool. it's, a, it's a different It's a prequel. Story. It's a prequel. Yeah. yeah. So and then like, Kingdom, how do you... Well, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, from what from oh, my money... No. Well, for my money, no, what's going to happen is what's going to happen in this new, uh, this new Indiana Jones movie... Oh, this is my theory. I, I could be completely wrong. Steven Spielberg, if you're listening, you can borrow this idea. <laughs> um, but part five is going to be, um, you know, we're going to get like a few re- like few seconds recap of like, you know, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And then we're going to show Indy waking up from the nightmare that he has in Temple <laughs> of Doom when he's like, you know, and we're just going to find that it was just, this is what he was think dreaming about until Short Round woke him up and we had. <laughs> oh, um, my God. But what I was saying was that like Highlander 2 goes into like is like one of those things where it's like, OK, let's take this the first story and go in a completely different direction but it's the wrong direction like yeah. you instead of being these like immortals cutting their heads off they're, they're now they're aliens from another planet that gets too much sick. yeah exactly much. Um, another movie that I think another terrible sequel um, Child's Play 3 Ooh, is that the army camp one? It's the army camp one. When he puts, instead of blanks, he puts he, he real puts bullets that, Which in. is the only cool part of the so movie. And, so Andy's like a teenager, 18? Right? Yeah, it, it goes from Child's Play 2, I think it was 92 yeah. or 93, and then Child's Play 3 was 93. It was like a year later, and it's like... The whole point of it's like, pointless. Like, I don't know. Well, that's the thing is that, like, the, the funny thing about the, fr- the Child's Play franchise is that, like, all the sequels are actually pretty good, except for part three. Like, because um, after part three was Bride Chucky, which is great. Yeah, so. I actually... Aren't they remaking another? Well, no, it's not, not remaking. It's like another. They already bride. did two. Or yeah, so no, but I saw Jennifer Tilly in that. Yeah, we got, we got, we got. Um, so you had Bride Chucky, then you had Cena yeah. Chucky, which was awesome. It's I didn't the, see I that. I don't think I saw one that. of the funniest movies. I'm not joking. Like it is that movie is fucking brilliant. <laughs> I'm pissed off that nobody cares about it. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta put it on the list. And then after Cena Chucky, there was. Oh my god! I want to say Curse of Chucky, which really? is them kind of that many, of which them? is where they're kind of rebooting it and in, in um, the big house, right? In yeah, the, the big house. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. it's actually really good. And like, if you're a fan of that franchise, they do a lot of callbacks and they had a lot of cameos from the original. It was good. And then in October, I can't for the life of me remember. I think it's Cult of Chucky or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we've got a new one which is going to have all the characters. Uh huh. It's going to be really cool. Um, it's just that the third one, you just got to go back to that military base and you have like the most obnoxious characters. Um, the kid who plays Andy. He's a bitch. Yeah, he was Jimmy. He was, he, <laughs> exactly yeah, like a bitch. He played. Movie. He played Jimmy Olsen in Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman. That's what I remember. That's the Ripley's oh, Believe wow. It or Not guy. <laughs> yeah, and he's also in Serial Mom. The kid who plays uh, Andy, and, and oh, he's the, yeah. the, the 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 friend of uh, Matthew Lillard, oh, who's yeah. obsessed with you know porn, which was great. He's great in that part, but um, so yeah, Child's Play three. That's a downer. It's a complete piece of shit. Yeah, Andy gets a haircut. That's yeah, a, and I mean it's such sucks because Andy Robinson who played uh, the Scorpio killer in. Dirty Harry and was in Hellraiser oh, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like this insane barber at the mm-hmm. mil- it's just Scoofy. Yeah, and then one movie that we talked about before we even started recording, Jess, that you mentioned, and I was like, oh, that's funny, I already have that on my list, is uh, An American Woman from Paris. No. Okay, I, I, I mentioned this because I want to like it because Tom Everett Scott from the <laughs> from, from the, the Yeah. <laughs> or that doing thing that, doing that thing he does. Yeah, man, yeah. I wanted I wanted to like it, and I think I still kind of do just because he's in it. But it is not a good movie. No. It is so embarrassing. Um, even what's her what's was was it? Landis involved in that one or? Oh no, I don't think no, so. so of course not. No, but I, I, I saw it probably once. I saw it in the I have it on DVD because it was like in that Walmart bin, and I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I was like, uh, I you just started and thought it was the other one. 
fuck you kidding? <laughs> that one's really bad. That one's like really, really bad. Like everything you could possibly love the about the original. The bungee jumping. The bungee jumping. Yeah. Uh, the uh, rave. The, uh, yeah, the, the werewolf, werewolf rave. rave. Yeah. Yeah. It was really fucking bad. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I hate that movie. I saw it in the theater and I remember, like that's one of those few times, like usually I'll go to, if I go see something in the theater, I will find something enjoyable about it. There's a few movies where right off the get-go, I was like, this fucking sucks, and I'm just, like, I'm just watching my my watch to, like, you know. Yeah. And that one of them was The Haunting, the remake, and then American Werewolf in Paris, and Mission Impossible 2, which I actually walked out of. Really? Technically, I walked out to go smoke a cigarette, and they kind of locked the doors. <laughs> but they eventually let me back in, like, but I was, like, I, I, I was that, so I was so disappointed. I was, like, fuck this. I actually care more about going to smoke a cigarette. I picture, the, you, I picture yeah. the theme song coming on and you creeping out of the movie theater to go smoke a cigarette. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or creeping back in, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I fucking hate that movie. It's awful. It's, it is awful. I, I just, never Scott. I mean, Scott. it's also one of those things where it's like you watch the original, which I do a few times a year. And yeah. Um, it doesn't need a sequel. It doesn't, you're right. There's a lot of movies that don't need sequels, so. Sure. But that one's one of them where it's like, hey man, you you wrap it up. It's wrapped up like that. That story is like done, and um, you know they're also rebooting it. But it's his son who's going to be directing it, which I think is really if yeah. they if they transform him in CGI, I'm gonna I'm it's, gonna burn my house down. Yeah. Well, that was the problem is that like you you had this movie that won an award for its special effects, yeah. and, and then, then the sequel that's you like have the thing fucking yeah. the third yeah. thing I guess. right. Uh, oh God! I see. I, all right, I haven't even seen that. But one thing that we like, I was talking. Lucky. About, yeah. <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> I remember. Well, I, I was like, I haven't either, and then I did. CGI. Are you yeah. kidding me? It also explains everything that is great and mysterious about the the well the Carpenter remake, where it's like yeah. they go to the Norwegian base, and you're like, how did this happen? And you're like, you don't know. You just imagine it. But and now you folklore can, about gleaming in their eyes yeah. and all this shit. Like it just takes yeah. away from it. Man. Yeah, it does. It Re-release just, it in theaters. It's that good. You can yeah. do that. You don't need to make. I it I think again. they. Well, I saw the art They did. Really Oh, yeah, they do it. Like, I mean, I've seen it once a year. I went to a double feature at New Beverly of that and Prince of Darkness, and that was, yeah, it was really good. Then you get those sequels that are kind of like, they're not good. They're not bad. They're just kind of in the middle. But wait, we forgot to mention some of the best sequels of all time. Like what? Rocky, okay? Every, Rocky IV is one of the best movies ever made. Rocky IV is fantastic. Okay, even recently, Apollo that came out. I didn't see it. Oh, my Uh, God. And it was Creed. It was called Creed. Oh, it was called Creed. Uh, Paul was dead. <laughs> um, no, it was really good. Actually, it was the only time that I wasn't. And then annoyed they did by Balboa. Children. It was another one. They did. Two. Rocky Balboa was actually really. No, good. that wasn't that before. Creed, Creed? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. I don't know, last thing I remember is Tommy Gunn in Part 5, Street Fighting. You know, and I have no problem <laughs> with Rocky Five. Yeah, I don't the get Rocky good enough. I don't know, I that one I kind of ignore. But I think, well, Rocky I love, 4 is... Rocky 4 is an art even film. Even Creed was a... It was the only time that I wasn't annoyed by children in the movie theater, and actually it, it kind of added to it because during the last, like, main fight scene, like, they were all standing on their chairs, and they were like, yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah! <laughs> like, you, get a, you had to get revenge. Yeah, right? right? Like, it it was really good. It taught me to hate Russians at a very young age. Yeah, Thank okay. You, Rocky yeah. Ford. Yeah, Rocky, <laughs> Rocky fights Kanye. Kanye. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing is that it's not, I don't think any of the events in Rocky Four should be taken as literal, you know, like, I think that's all, like, this weird, like, American, like, fever dream, where it's, like, you know, yeah. it's a commentary on, like, the 80s, and, yes. like, I mean, there are so many things wrong with Rocky Four that make it so right, like, the yes. fact that, like, they buy Polly a robot, 
Um, yeah. Polly reprograms it to have a sexy voice. Yeah. And then Polly, Adrian, and Rocky all they they go to the, the USSR mm-hmm. so Rocky can train. Where do they leave little Rocky or like his son? They yeah. leave him with the robot. <laughs> and then when you watch Rocky yeah, Five, you when know, you watch Rocky Five and he's like he looks years older, you're like how long do they leave this kid in the custody of a robot? And then, like, him, like, you know, like, the whole idea of, like, Ivan Drago being this, like, you know, genetic freak. And, like, yeah. he's, like, tons of steroids and, like, the best, like, high-tech equipment. And then you've got Rocky pulling an ox, yeah, an ox cart, like, by himself up a hill. It's, like, it's great. It's But I don't think it's supposed that to be That training montage? Yeah. Also, John Caffney and the Beaver Round Band, which I've mentioned before. Yeah. And that training Dyer, montage, yeah. Most- inspirational song ever. Yeah, it's good. And then at the end, he he stops the Cold War with that yeah. speech. Himself. Yeah. So, I don't think it's supposed to be like, you're not supposed to read Rocky IV as this is actually happening. It's just this fucking crazy propaganda film it that is up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, count the American flags in that movie. Oh, yeah. I had to, I had to, yeah. <laughs> I had to mention it. No, I, I agree. I absolutely agree. That Rocky IV is a fantastic sequel. Um, it Like, again, it go, takes the, the original one and goes into completely... Even fucking Rocky insane. Three. We got Apollo, Lover Apollo, Lane. Mr. T, and then... Oh, yeah. yeah. Rocky 3 is awesome. Yeah. Rocky 3 was my favorite for a long time until, so, you know, it was a 1-4th of July, and I was like, let's just watch Rocky 4. I haven't seen it in a while, and I was like, oh, I get this, this movie. Is, yeah, yeah, this is America. This is America. Um, but yeah, so we have those sequels that are just like, they're kind of like in between. Um, a few that I could think of are like, you know, the third... Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sucked. I hated it. You do? Yeah. I I, I think Leatherface, it's okay. Leatherface, right? Yeah, Leatherface. I like Viggo Mortensen as a crazy. I like Viggo Mortensen in anything. The dude from Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. him in that. Even though, like, if you watch like the theatrical cut, like he clearly dies, and then they bring him back. Whereas in the original cut, he's dead. Sure, you know? sure. Um, but they were like, no, no, they like that guy. Let's uh, let's let's. It's again the studio. Maybe interview. I gotta revisit it. I think I held one and two in such high regard. It, it, and it doesn't hold. And then what, it was Next Generation with Matthew McConaughey was after that, which was too. oh yeah, that mm-hmm. and Renee Zellweger. Oh yeah. yep, yep, yep. Um. Phantasm three through the most recent one, Ravager. I thought they're good. I don't even think I've kept up with that. Uh, but exactly, it's like I I, some of them. I just I'm like, I, this is a lot of work to keep boy. up. It is, yeah. and that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. It, like the three through Ravager, it's a lot of work just to go. What the fuck is happening? Whereas with Phantasm two, you're like, cool. We're just following up with Phantasm one, and we're you know off I, to the I races. I guess when you create your own universe as a franchise, yeah, it, it can get convoluted. Yeah, it, it yeah, maybe confusing if you're not the writer. Yeah. But they're good, obviously, in their own in their own world. You know? Yeah, they're just for me. They're just like I just think they're kind of like I'll I'll enjoy them, but I'm not gonna like I wouldn't be like that's a I, great sequel. The first time I saw Phantasm, I was probably six years old. Uh huh. Um, I remember the end when he says good night and he shuts the door, door and, then, yeah. and the tall man's in the mirror, yells boy, and then the arms pop mm-hmm. out and grab him in. Um, I just seen it as a kid, and then my stepfather was like. Right, bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, holy fucking like, shit. That's like the, literally the scariest thing I've seen yeah. in my young little eyes so far. Had to go upstairs to like <laughs> my attic bedroom. Lights out. It took me like fucking ten years to figure out what movie that was. Because like there wasn't the internet. So yeah. I like, was yeah. like, what the hell was that? What the hell was that? Finally, you know, I got more into hor- uh, horror when I was in my teens. And yeah. I was like, oh my god, that's fantastic. Like, holy shit. But age like yeah. eight through probably 14, I was like... Yeah. Why that fucked me up, and I don't even remember what the hell it was. Like, did I dream that? Like, yeah, I mean that that could fuck you up. It's like it would be like watching Child's Play three and then getting sent to a military school. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's like it's a bad setup. Um, but uh, and then but the other, you know what? Those ones that I think are are good on their own is those Poltergeist. 
Um, yeah. Well, but yeah. it's because I also saw them really young, and there's like one scene. I think it's in three, maybe the mirror scene. Yes. Okay, that's three. Okay, that scared the shit out of me, and for um, very long into my adult life, I couldn't sleep with mirrors in my room. Okay. Because it freaked me out so much. Yeah. Like I hated it, but I do like. Well, like I know they're not. I know. I agree with you. When was last time you saw Poltergeist two? Oh, man, years. Because I remember as a, you know, 10 years ago, I was like, I'm going to rewatch Public Figures 2 because I had only seen it when I was a kid. And the, and I still, this still holds up, the, the preacher in that, the, you're oh. going to die in there. Like, that, yeah. he's still, Julian still Beck, creepy. still creepy. But I didn't realize how ridiculous Poltergeist 2 was. It is, I, first off, I had a huge problem with the Poltergeist franchise, which I love it, but I hate it. Um, Tangina is the worst medium Ever pretty bad. She yeah. like she, after the in the first one she's like this house is clean. Boom, she leaves. It's and not, and all hell breaks loose. <laughs> she was she was good in the Wizard of Oz though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that always made me feel weird too because I'm like, what did she didn't even clean anything? Right. She and left this family. You're trying to make your house uncreepy and invite the creepiest person in existence over to your house. Eh? And then the sec- and then the second one, the second one, she's like, they're like, they're like, oh, which is happening? She's like, here, here's this. She, they just dump off this Native American dude who like spends the rest of the movie just bickering with Craig T. Nelson, where it's like, that's what I meant. Was like, man, Poltergeist Two is more of a comedy, like a sitcom comedy. It's, where like, it's like a coach spinoff. Yeah, it's like he's like Taylor, <laughs> like from out from from off camera, but like Coach Two. But the problem is that if if if. You know, the Poltergeist, first three Poltergeist movies were made today. Tangina's Yelp reviews would be terrible. <laughs> they would be absolutely garbage. She did garbage. not clean my house. My she, house was yeah. it's like It's like if I had cockroaches and I had somebody come in and they're like, all right, cool, your place is all set. And then they leave and then the biggest cockroach in the fucking world came that's out a, of the wall. That's a half a star. If that. Yeah, Zero yeah. Star. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, she would have no business. But she's, like, little and cute, says, like, scary things, like, Googling. I guess without the internet back then, you kind of had to flip through the yellow pages and right. see, yeah, what, like, see what kind of shit Well, without the internet, on. you could get away with being a shitty at whatever it is you do, and, like, it's not going to... No there's knows. probably an app yeah. to clean your house at this point. Exactly, right. There's, this house is... Cl- all right, good. The app yeah. said it. The app said it. <laughs> um, but I do like the Poltergeist movies. It's just that, like, it just frustrates me. It's, like, one of those movies where it's, like... It's like watching the original Jurassic Park, and you're like, how the fuck did these kids make it out of this movie? Mm-hmm. They have no purpose surviving this movie. Same thing with Poltergeist where I'm like, wait a minute, how does she get away with this? Like, yeah. and then she, again, she, she, she pawns off this fucking Native American dude onto this family and they're like, she's like, he's gonna stay with you for a while. And it's like, wait a minute, alright, like, you know, they're not prepared to like, you know, for another, to feed another, I mean, the whole point of Poltergeist too is who, they moved out of their house, they're living with her mom, like, he's broke, he can't, he's not, you know, he's, Career-wise, he's struggling, stuff like that. And then suddenly he's got another mouth to feed. And the guy won't even, like, be straightforward with him and give him, like, directions on how, like, yeah, this is bad things happening. Here's how you fix it. He's, like, he gives these, like, cool, like, weird, like, 80s, like, you know, film, like, Native American advice where it's, like, it's, like, every Native American in an 80s film was, like, this, like, shaman who, like... They all had a tear. Yeah, exactly. And they all had this... They, they couldn't just be, like, hey... Straightforward, Dude, straight up. This is what listen. you do. It's like it's yeah. this pair of a metaphor, and you're like, it's, it's like slightly brittle. racist. It is. It's totally racist. No, it is. It's like he's in my fridge eating all my maize. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got the, and then the third movie, the third movie at the end of the movie, after like all this shit has happened, Tangina just goes, I'm gonna stick around and I'll I'll lead him into the light. And it's like, bitch, why didn't you do that two to movies ago? Yeah, like, I mean, she is the Could worst. Yeah. She's the worst. Um. That being said, and then I, I'm going to say this is a terrible sequel, and then we'll kind of move on to the... Oh, wait. 
But, all right, listen, have you ever seen American Psycho 2? <laughs> With Mila Kunis? Yeah, I watched no, it. No, I haven't. It is so awful. <laughs> I watched it because I, I was like, Mila Kunis, and I was like, well, how could they have made this into any anything? And it, the whole premise of the movie is that she is one of the, uh, like, her babysitter was killed by Patrick Bateman, but that's not even real in the movie. So, it's, it's so absurd, and then she becomes a serial killer, but it's like... Nothing to do with the. I would love movie. to know how much she got paid to do that. Why don't? Yeah, she must have got like because she was on that '70s show at this time. Like I don't think so. No, she thought? definitely was. Uh, but, but, she, but not a but not a major actress. Oh, like a I TV thought, actress. Yeah. Now now, am I crazy or was William Shatner in that movie too? Oh my god, I don't know. I'm gonna look at I'm gonna look it up. But it's did you see it? No. Oh. <laughs> I think I was just. I so saw curious. the cover and I was like, yeah, yeah right. Nope. Yeah, I was looks- so curious that I I just had to watch it and it wasn't anything that was even it looked like garbage it, it was garbage yeah um another garbage movie is uh Nightmare on Elm Street 5 I don't know if you guys are familiar with that Dream one Child well. Dream Child where bad. he uh it's really bad I don't know if I've seen that I, after a while I just stopped watching it's, it's um it's where and then pick back up maybe like early 2000s New Nightmare New Nightmare yeah, yeah which yeah. is early with mid 90s yeah pre-scream uh but Nightmare on Elm Street 5 is um that's really bad. Um, really, really bad. William uh, Shatner, isn't it? I don't know how I knew that. I don't know. Um, but uh, in, in America's Morgan Lego 2, Freeman not... Morgan Freeman directed it? No, he did not. That, not the, it's got to be different. Oh, it's, it Freeman. is. It's a, different, <laughs> it's a different Morgan Freeman. That's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how is this a thing? That's a t-shirt, bro. Right <laughs> oh, God. Um, but what's a great sequel is Nightmare on Elm Street 3, which we all three yeah. just watched. It's with Dream Warriors. I think... Most Nightmare on Elm Street fanatics will agree that three is probably the icing on the cake. Yeah, besides yeah. the original. Absolutely. I mean that that's hands down. Like, um, I remember as a kid in New Jersey. Like, I remember one time my parents picked me up from baby uh, from their friend's house who were babysitting me and also let me watch Terminator. Yeah. Which is really cool when you're like five and you know exposed you, to a male ass. You thing. know you're not supposed to be watching something and you get to watch the Terminator and yeah. you know and like it's not like watching it with your parents where like they cover your eyes during the eyeball part. You're yeah. like you're like you're watching this and you're like, Holy shit, how am I gonna sleep at night? But it's kinda cool at the same time. But I remember we were driving and we drove past a um, a drive in and on the marquee it was like closed. It was at the end I mean and there's something still creepy about go- driving by a drive in when it's like not yeah. operating, or even when it's like, even if it's normally, you know, operating, and then like it's just like two o'clock in the morning and it's closed. There's something so really eerie about it. And seeing Nightmare on Elm Street three on the marquee was just something that always stood stood out in my mind. Yeah. But, um, Nightmare on Elm Street three, um, fantastic movie. Now the funny thing about that, this is that, um, you know, originally Robert Englund, uh, he had pitched a story for Nightmare on Elm Street three. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did an interview with Fangoria Magazine, um, issue number 58, where he talked about how he had pitched an idea where it was like, um, you know, Freddy kind of has, like, this dream world that he's kind of booby-trapped, and it, it kind of still had some ideas of, like, kids, like, you know, leaving weapons behind in their dreams and then telling each other about them so they could get, like, weird kind of, like, shared dream stuff that they yeah. kind of do. It. Um, they didn't go for it, and then Wes Craven initially pitched uh, what... Basically, the idea that would was New Nightmare, eventually, years later, he had this idea of, like, okay, here's my idea for Nightmare on Street 3, they're making a movie. He was trying to end it. <laughs> well, he was. He was definitely trying to end it, and, um, and, but at the same time, he, uh, he was pitching something that was, I mean, Nightmare, the thing about Wes Craven's New Nightmare is, 
movie got great reviews. Do you like that movie? I do. I love it. I do. I really like it. I think it's, but I also think it's, I don't like the ending. I think the, like the last 10 minutes is just like, I don't like the, her, you know, the matte painting and the, yeah, 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 yeah. It it gets a little hokey, but everything building up to that is fantastic. And, but it's still, that movie was ahead of its time because like they weren't getting into like meta films yet. Yeah, they broke the wall. Exactly. Now imagine that in 1987. It was like, but so New Line was like, no way. So him and Bruce Wagner, uh, Bruce Wagner is a writer. He wrote a comic strip, and which was turned into a miniseries in the early 90s called Wild Palms. If you haven't seen it, it's wow. awesome. It makes no sense. <laughs> I got that fire stick, though. So It's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's good. It's Wild Palms is really good. Cool. Um, it's a really, like I said, it was a weird like miniseries that Oliver Stone produced. Bruce mm-hmm. Wagner wrote the screenplays. It was based off this weird comic strip that he had, he had written. Bruce Wagner also wrote a movie called Maps of the Stars, which David Cronenberg eventually made a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Him and Wes Craven got together, and they came up with this story for Nightmare on Street 3. And apparently it was, like, it was kind of similar to what we watched, but um, apparently, like, Freddy was even more, like, like vulgar and off. It was, like, it was, like, as Chuck Russell, the guy who directed it, said, he's, like, their script, Freddy was, like, profane. Like, he was, uh-huh. like, he was so over the top in his, like, gnarliness and, like, his just, like, just the weird shit that he would say and, like... You know, breaking a lot of, like, um, you know, taboos in that one. And then um, New Lion basically was like, hey, guess what? Your script costs way too much fucking money to make, and there's also no point to it. There's no sense to it. Freddie can do anything he wants in this. And so uh, Chuck Russell, who uh, would go on to direct the Blob remake, which we'll talk about in a second, it does tie into this, and... um, he would also go down and direct The Mask with Jim Carrey. And oh, he would yeah. Smoking. Yeah. And The Scorpion King with uh, future president Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, uh, God. Anyway. Oh, the Scorpion King? Yeah. Oh, we all know that CGI flop. Oh, yeah. he did do that. Oh, yeah. that, that one scene. is. Like, I think I watched it because I love The Rock. I looks think. like Mortal Kombat I'd watch, Sega. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I, I think I loved it. Uh, he also, him, so he, he stepped in to write this with his good buddy Frank Darabont. Frank Darabont, um, again, He's responsible for some, like, show that everybody is raving about. I think it's, like, called The Walking Dead or something like that. It's about, like, maybe... I think it's about, like, old people who just, like... Geriatric. Geriatrics just walk around the mall over and over again at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning. That scares the shit out of me. I'm not going to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but he, you know, he's... You know, he was the original showrunner in Walking Dead. He Mm -hmm. wrote and directed the adaptation of Shawshank Redemption. Frank Darabont is fucking awesome. Yeah. The Mist... So they, they stepped in, and they basically took Wes Craven and Bruce Wagner's story slash script and, like, modified it and made it what we just saw now. A little movie soup? Yeah, a little yeah. movie soup. But, like, they, I think they kind of made it more, like, you know, uh, they a little bit grounded a little bit more. And Chuck Russell really wanted to kind of bring in this, like, darkly comic aspect. Because in Nightmare on Elm Street 1, Freddy taunts his victims and everything, but it's, he's not punning them to death. Yeah. Whereas Nightmare on Street 3 is the beginning of the puns. It's like, hey, you're in a wheelchair. I'm going to throw in a, a, a joke about Handy. You, you think Freddie from Part 1 is doing an album with the Fat Boys. Exactly. And releasing action <laughs> figures. You're out of your mind. That, that was just a, a fucking money move right there. Right. <laughs> exactly. But it worked for Part 3. It got it got ridiculous the more it went on. Well, some people say that like that's the that that's the beginning of the, the where the franchise starts to move in that direction. Whereas I think it's the Dawkins video when like Freddie yeah. like where Dawkins shows up and 
Freddy, they're chasing, or Freddy's like dealing with Doc, and, and then Freddy wakes up from a nightmare and says like, oh, who were those guys? And it's like. That's <laughs> pretty good, though. It is, it's funny. It's yeah. funny, but it's like, ah, we're, we're starting to, we're starting to leave. This is like where we start to like get off the ground as we're jumping over the shark. Sure. We haven't jumped, we haven't, yeah. we haven't quite gone over the shark yet, but we're getting there. Yeah. Um, but what I love about this movie is the cast. So we yes. got, um, Heather Langkamp comes back from the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. You know, people can say whatever they want. I think she's fantastic. I mean, she to me is the the, is the like face of the franchise. Way, or like an actual, aside from Freddie, what were we saying? In like a, a, I'm saying like a real way. Like yeah. you actually think that she's a good actress? Yeah. Okay. Uh, for for Nightmare on the Elm Street. And Nightmare on the Street. But I mean, okay. Yeah. I, I'll, I'm not expecting Oscars for. Yeah, movies. yeah. I don't. The thing is, is like I like people who are not good actors, and I don't think she's one of them. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I think she's I think she's really good as Nancy. I think that she yeah, really... Yeah, that's her only... <laughs> uh, just the Ten of Us? Did you not watch oh that? Oh, my God. I don't even know what that is. Okay, Just the Ten of Us was... <laughs> this is great. Just the Ten of Us was, like, kind of like a... Um, it was about this guy, this, this, like, husband and his wife, and they're, like, I think, what, eight? Eight or ten kids, right? And two, well, one of them was Heather Langkamp. One of them was the girl. Remember in Nightmare on Street 4, the girl's, like, lifting weights and gets turns into a cockroach? So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's another sister... And then if you took a Nightmare on Elm Street 2, in the very beginning when Mark Patton has that nightmare on the bus, the bus she's one of the girls on the bus oh who's about God. to get killed. So it's those three girls from Nightmare on Elm Street franchises, not intentionally, no. are playing sisters. And it was like this really like, you know, it was kind of like a Facts of Life type show in the 80s. But the crazy thing was is that they touch upon this in West Cream's Nightmare. Heather Langkamp, in real life, had a real-life stalker, but it wasn't because of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. It was because of just the yeah. ten of us. This, like, wholesome show, and she had a stalker. Yeah. It's crazy. But um, she's in the Heather Langkamp. Craig Wasson, who I think that's how you say his last name, uh, he was in Body Double, which I love. He's in Ghost mm-hmm. Story. He's one of the, See, how you feel about Heather Langkamp is how I feel about him, where it's like, yeah. I don't think he's the best, but I kind of like him in the role because he's just so, like, you know, there's just something yeah. likable about him, even though you're like... Dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, how many things do you have to go through in this movie before you get your figure shit together? It out. Yeah, figure it out, dude. Um, this is a big deal, but um, this movie was the debut of Patricia Arquette. Yeah, she debut. Mm-hmm. She's such I didn't a know good. That. She has such a good scream. Like her yeah. scream is like piercing, and Speaking you're like, Speaking of scream, she cast her brother ten years later. Yeah, Dewey. Crazy. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, this, and she was a big. Wes Craven keeps it all in the family. I he guess. does. Yeah, what a. And she was, like, it was a big deal for me, because, like, when I was a kid, I, like, I had immediately had a crush on Patricia Arquette, and then, like, what, a few years later, she has True Romance, and you're like, oh, my God, and then yeah. a few years after that, she has Lost Highway, and you're like, yeah. if you follow Patricia Arquette's career, not only is it awesome, because she's great, but, like, yeah. she does these awesome movies, and she's super hot, and I had a thing for her when I was and a kid. And her brother's sister was in Pulp Fiction, they had a pretty good Yeah, they had a, a good run all of the time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, aside, unfortunately, you know, uh, for yeah. their, their sister, uh... Alexis Arquette. Yeah, which the wedding singer is still one of the funniest. I've watched that probably hundreds of times. You know, the funny thing is, it's the only Adam Sandler movie that I can really watch repeatedly. I hosted karaoke at a private event, and she was there, and it was basically like wedding. And me and her just were like, like laughing hysterically because she would, she would do these terrible, like she would change the lyrics to every song she was doing to these really like, just completely offensive. Uh-huh. Like songs, and then we realized there was a little kid in the audience, and we both kind of were like, "Oh shit, what are we gonna, you know, what to yeah. do?" And then we we're just kind of like, "You know what? Where was it? Was it a bar? It was at a party. It was oh. at a Christmas was party. Say, who brought the kid to the bar? Um, <laughs> it, it was a holiday party for a production company Sorry. that Alexis. <laughs> That's Arquette not your was fault. At. That's some shitty parents' yeah. fault. Um, <laughs> 
and then we got uh, we got Rodney Eastman, who is who would later be in Nightmare on Elm Street Four. Don't want to spoil anything, but guess what? He shows up in Nightmare on Elm Street Four. He was also <laughs> in Deadly Weapon, which was a great little you know '80s flick. Jennifer Rubin, who is in The Crush. Yeah. She was also, later on in, in the same year of Nightmare on Street 3, she was in a movie called Bad Dreams, which was marketed as like a Nightmare on Street-esque movie, but it was not what at all. What year? 87. Yeah. Um, it was produced by Gail Ann Hurd, who produced like Terminator, Aliens, all that. Mm-hmm. It's a great little movie that like um, should definitely be checked out, but Jennifer Rubin's in there, and then um, she's awesome. Ira Hayden, who is in, uh, he's the kid in the wheelchair, the dork in the wheelchair, yeah. who is the, one of the, like, the horny kids in Elvira, the, oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah, Elvira yeah. movie. He's got strong legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we got Bradley Gregg, who, like, I love this guy. I've, he was the lead in class of 1999. He's in Indiana Jones' The Last Crusade. Yeah. He's one of the thieves in the... He's the one in the beginning of The Last Crusade who was going, woo, woo! Like, that guy? That's Bradley Gregg. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, we he was also in Stand By Me. He played oh, River yeah, Phoenix's brother. Oh! He played Eyeball Chambers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really weird because he looked because he was, he looked older in Stand By Me than he yeah. does. Stand By Me fucks everyone up because even when you say Jerry O'Connell, yep, yeah, you forget. Isn't that you forget? Oh, you forget. <laughs> um, one of the most notable names in Nightmare on Street Three is uh, Larry Motherfucking Fishburne. Yes. Larry, fuck a Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. We're talking Larry. We're talking OG Lawrence. So uh, you want a hypnosil or the red pill? Yeah, exactly. My man's got holding it down. <laughs> <laughs> so a few years ago, I was uh, when we were all working at the same place. Um, yeah. I was on a work trip to New York. And I get on the plane, and he's the first person I see. He's Larry Fishburne the fuck sitting, out of here. sitting, oh, yeah. and like you called him Larry too. And the funny thing is, in my head, <laughs> mind you, this is all going on in like the, the seconds. And this is when Hannibal was like, you know, a big deal again, you know, sure. like. And I, I, but I saw him, and part of me, I just, I had, I felt like this little, like, you know, feeling creep up inside me where I just went to lean in as I walked by, and I'm like, loved you in Elm Street three. <laughs> but as I like, as I looked at him and I was processing the thought, he just gave me a look like, bitch, you better not. And I was like. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep walking. Like I, I like that you're gonna hit him with the throwback. Yeah, too. So exactly. I, I, met, yeah. I met Taylor Hawkins like two weeks ago. Uh-huh. What? Foo Fighters. Uh huh. And uh, I was like, I was like, dude, I loved you on Jack. Jack a little pill. pill. And yeah. it was like he gave me like an elbow high five. I was like, you fucking moron. I'm like, Later. Um, <laughs> I'll let us more sit forever. Baby. John Saxon comes back from Nightmare on Elm Street one. He's uh, you know, I mean, he's a great the classic. Pop- Pop-o, right? Yeah, yeah, he was in um, you know, Enter the Dragon. Nightmare yeah. on Street. Wow. Yeah. Yep. He always looks like he's wearing eyeliner. It's weird. He has, like, dark eyelashes, I think. That, that's a man who has resting bitch face. Yeah, which he isn't does. Often. Yeah, he just looks like... And, yeah. he, and what's crazy is that he plays the same character he played in Nightmare on Street 1, but he plays him in a completely different place. Because in Nightmare on Street 1, he's but, like, he's the police chief. He's yeah. like... Yeah. And Nightmare on Street 3, he's a complete washed-up, like, alcoholic who's just yeah. like... Which and then, and then you... he shows up in Part 7, and he's playing himself... And he plays Nancy's dad. For those of you guys that haven't seen *West Screams of Nightmare*, they call they do a lot of callbacks to the first movie yep. to the point where it blends into the first movie again. It's really well done. Um, uh, Penelope Sudro is in it. She was in a horror anthology movie called *After Midnight*. I mention her because she's not a big part of *Nightmare on Elm Street* three, but she's got probably the best death scene of the entire franchise. And that's where she's the girl who wants to be the television actress. Yeah. Oh yeah. And she got to watch. She watches that Dick Cabot gone wrong episode, yeah. and um, Freddie ends up, you know, turning to the TV and shoving her head into the screen before, <laughs> while saying, "Welcome to primetime, bitch," which is also another one of the most iconic lines. And it wasn't originally in the script. Robert England ad libbed that, and now he has probably signed that and so many autographs. Yeah. Like, of course. And and you made a good point about that earlier. Is they yeah. ruled it a suicide, oh. which yeah. no, no one's running across a room, jumping like a dolphin, <laughs> yeah. half court, and, like, and landing oh. their head and staying in a yeah. television. 
Like, there's no one <laughs> can do that. No one can do. No one in the world can do that. Fucking. Yeah. So LeBron James can't do that. On the wall. Manu Bo like, couldn't do that. <laughs> so if you, if you haven't seen if you haven't seen part three, um, Freddie is killing these teenage kids, but he's making it look like they're committing suicide because this was during the rash in the '80s of teen suicides. Correct. Yeah. Big oh, yeah. deal. Yeah. yeah. Big yeah. It was a big deal. Um, so they kind of touch up on that, which is a really kind of like I think this and Heather's were like the two yeah. movies that really sure. were like. So, um, and now, uh, one of the characters, he makes puppets, so Freddy naturally turns him into a puppet. He's also asleep, he's got sleepwalking issues, he makes him sleepwalk off a fucking... Yeah, off a cliff. Yeah, which is great. Makes sense. It, he makes it look like a suicide. At least to the doctors. The kids, which I think is a really great thing about Nightmare on 33, too, is, is the kids are all, like, it's, none of them are, like... Oh, you're crazy. This isn't really happening. They're all like, this is fucking happening and yeah. nobody's listening to us. Well, that's, yeah. And we talk about the cover in right. episode five, too, because they all are like, yeah, they're all like, they're fight, you're going to fight that's back. The most frustrating thing about being a kid, too, is you're like, these adults don't fucking listen to us. Exactly. Yeah. About it. yeah. Parents just don't understand. It's true. Yeah. That we, a crazy bright guy is making us look like we killed ourselves. <laughs> and so, in the, and, and, and so, unfortunately, Penelope Sudro's character, she gets killed by getting her head rammed into the TV, but they, yeah. they rule it as a suicide when it's like, are you fuck? what hospital is this? Yeah. Where, uh, like, you, you These don't... These are doctors? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, the, and it's not a very, like, let's be honest too, it's not a really good hospital. We got this creepy <laughs> fucking dude who's, uh, and this is. This, is, this is where I'm coming back to, you know, uh, we got this creepy fucking guy who's trying to seduce or hit on one of the, the, the girl, Jennifer Rubin's character, who is a recovering meth addict. Yeah. He's trying to hit, like, you know, hit on her by... Uh, introducing, you know, telling her he's got like a access to the the, the stock in the the medicine cabinet and everything like that. Um, this guy is a total piece of shit. Yeah, nothing happens to him. However, have you guys ever seen the remake of The Blob? Yes. Okay. Is he in that? He is in that. And if you haven't seen it or if you don't remember it, I'll I'll let, I'll just let you know that the, I, I'm convinced that this guy he leaves the hospital in Nightmare on Elm Three, gets a new job at some restaurant and some small or some uh-huh. diner, some small town in The Blob. And then you got to watch the movie and see what happens. But I can assure you, he gets his comeuppance in the Blob, which was also written and di- uh, directed by Chuck Russell and written direct uh, written by Frank Darabont and Chuck mm-hmm. Russell. So as my as far as I'm concerned, they're part they're of the same universe. They're connected, and that and guy he gets his. That guy gets yeah. his, just not in that movie. For being a sweaty creep. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I, I, you know, one of the things I love about the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise is, uh, I care about these kids. Yeah. Even the worst ones, I still care about the kids, and it's. There's not the, like, a lot of franchises, especially in the 80s, they get to a point where in, like, Friday 13th and Halloween, they're either forgettable or there's that, they create that character, you're like, I want to see this guy get killed. Yes. Yeah. Never on the Street doesn't have that. And in this one, there's, like, I, I, I'm not going to joke, I'm, uh, maybe it's because I've seen it so many times and I'm uh, probably a little overtired and everything, but I always get a little, like, um, that, that kind of feeling when, like, you know, when Philip is, like, you know, he's the sleepwalking kid is about to, like, you know, get killed and yeah. everything, and all, and, like... They're all rallying to try to, like, yeah. wake him up and everything like that. You're trying to yell at him, and, like, Joey's smacking the doors to get everybody's attention. I feel that scene. I'm like, fuck, man, these kids. And, like, when they're, like, the next day when they're having their group therapy session, like, it really, like, they're really, like, bent out of shape about it. And they're yeah. really, like, I'm, I buy that, that, that team feeling that these guys, these kids have. So yeah. when they... When they get picked off in this movie, this one maybe more so than any of the other Nightmare on Elm Street ones. Sure. Uh-huh. I, f- I was like, I didn't want to see the dorky kid get killed. So I'm like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? He can't walk, and now he can walk, and that's... Serious? You hear him? What is that? Who is that? Uh, yeah. It's Freddy! <laughs> yeah. No! 
Oh, no, it was the, we it was the other kid punching the wall. We all get murdered on this episode? Um, yeah. <laughs> we can make that happen. <laughs> um, the dorky kid gets um, who loves D&D. I mean... He gets killed yeah. as a D and D character um, with strong legs. Yeah, with strong, strong legs. legs. Uh, uh, we've got poor Taryn, you know, the drug addict. Okay, here's the other thing too. That, this is a fucked up. That fuck. That's fucked up. It is. Here's what some more fucked up is that the whole premise of this one as well is that in in their dreams, each of them has their own power. Like the kid who can't walk, he can yeah. be able to walk. Kincaid, the, the black kid, he can. He's got like superhuman strength. Uh, Kirsten, not only can she pull people into her dreams, but she can also, she's an acrobat. Flips. Yeah. She loves flipping. Superpower. Taryn's magic power in the dreams is a fashion change. She just like. She's got knives. She's bad. Okay. These are all things. I have switchblades at my house. These are all. Yeah. These are all things you can have in the real world. Like everybody else's talent is something that they just can't do in the real world. In in poor Taryn look, look cool. Yeah, her, her <laughs> I can't do that in real life. Her poor her poor scope of her of her like imagination is, is in MTV. her dreams is, is is being this. I mean, she could easily in the real world spike her hair up, get that attire, and get switchblades. And I, I love that character, but it's like you couldn't think of anything else in your dreams that you were really good at except for like just being a. Ba- I, I love that <laughs> that line. Like I'm, you know, in and my I'm dreams, bad. I'm yeah, yeah, beautiful and bad. Um, she could add anything. Big hand, like the Everlong music yeah. video. Yeah, just slapping. <gasps> Big hand. So, and then, and then, like, you know, the other thing about, you know, with the, and this goes throughout the, all of the Night Realm Street movies, is that all the adults, with the exception of Nancy, who comes back from the first movie, and she's the one who's kind of like, she acts as kind of like the leader who's kind of telling these kids, like, hey, I get it. You know, yeah. I was there. I'm going to show you guys how to fight back. All the other adults are just like every other adult in the Night Realm Street movie, where they're like, no, no, this is happening. This fucking guy, Neil Gordon, the doctor, has... Three creepy conversations with a creepy nun, one of which in an abandoned, <laughs> like, insane asylum room yeah. with, like, all the cobwebs and all yeah, the fucking... This is normal. He, yeah, he never... He is taking so long to go, you know what? Maybe what she's saying is true. Maybe what, what, what Nancy is, is telling is trying to tell me is, is plausible. Um, Typical man. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> you know, another like, one of the problems I did with this one is, uh, you know, in the first two movies... You really get a sense, especially Heather Lancam. This is why I say she's a good actress. So watch, rewatch the first one because you okay. buy that she has not gotten that much sleep. She's really good at playing that. Like I'm really tired in this fucking movie. These kids need to be hypnotized to go to sleep. It's like yeah. you guys haven't been sleeping right for days. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, odd. any excuse I would have to go to sleep is I wouldn't have to like watch a pendulum. I'd be like, all right, cool. Tell me to go to sleep. Great. There's no way that meth head was seeing Freddy Krueger when she was not in that asylum either. Yeah. Well, that was not sleep. I think the whole idea is that she was taking meth to stay, keep herself yeah, from falling asleep. That's Same. More accurate. Um, <laughs> Methsyndicate.com. Um, and then you know, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of pass it over to you guys in a second. But one thing, one question that hit me when I was watching this this time, and this is kind of a spoiler alert as well, but um. Does Larry Fishburne's character, Max, still have a job after the end of this movie? He lets an unauthorized woman into the TV room. Yeah, he lets... And then when, when it's... By the end of the movie, the woman he let in is dead. Two of the kids are dead. Does Max still have a job at the end? Oh, he also kind of... Remember, he let uh, Jennifer go into the room or stay in the room yeah. past curfew. And he's like, I never... you no never proof. You never saw... I never saw you and everything. But then she, like, you know, runs into a fucking TV head first. Yeah, but and, who else would have known that? That's true. But I'm, I love that guy. I think he's great. And again, he's like that scene where he's telling her, he's like, yeah, he's look, like, my, kid, my kids. Those are yeah. my kids. Yeah, I love that. But well, is he still working at the hospital after by the end of this movie? I mean, there's no proof either that he let 
her back in. Well, then how? Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. So how would anyone know that it was him who was like, yeah, go ahead? Well, I feel like he's like the head of the fucking... Stop snitching. Yeah, but if he yeah. was in, like, doing his checks, and what if he was checking someone she ran by or something like that? Yeah. I don't know. No, I that's a good, like but it's a good question, I think. He could fight it. If they were like, you're fired after this, I'd be like, none of that shit was my fault. Would he get fired or would he get, like, or would they, like, to avoid scandal, would they just let him go and I, he just collect unemployment? I think the whole hospital would be in trouble. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's I don't know the yeah. fucking one I mean, guy. The main, the main like call don't I hate the cops but call the police and be like yeah. can you just sit in this room with us tonight and just yeah. call just the police fucking watch that this is happening <laughs> yeah but I mean yeah. then you don't have a movie listen people are being murdered <laughs> in their sleep this is real I know it sounds crazy just give me give me 12 hours of your day right <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting paid for anything yeah. so you get you get paid 20 Eight dollars an hour to like direct traffic, so yeah, you can do so, this. Yeah, just come. I'm just saying, a, one, a woman walks into a room with four kids, and she and two other kids end up dead. But you could blame that on her, and she, you know, just be like she forced them to. To do what? Go to sleep? Yeah, and then they died. Well, how do you rationalize that either? I don't know. I'm just saying. I, this, this, maybe it's more of just a question that like has no answer. Is that does this poor guy still have a job <laughs> afterwards, or is he collecting unemployment because they let him go without creating a scandal? Because, like you said, the whole fucking hospital should be under investigation. Yeah. So they probably, or they also work there, and they're he just, just like, got transferred like every. Well, no. Piece he, of shit. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. He got Gordon. I think that's a good. Yeah, that's probably true. Dr. Gordon, though, he he probably still doesn't work there because he gets he gets fired. Remember, because he gets fired and yeah. as, he's, as he's packing up his belongings, he abs- accidentally drops a picture of him <laughs> and two of the kids who just recently died. No one else, just yeah. the three of them. And it's that's like suspicious. Yeah, it's really and it's also mm-hmm. kind of like really come on, dude. Like how cliche. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, but that's one of the things I I, I this question that was on my mind watching it this time and. Uh, I just had to throw it out there because who knows, you know? Um, Dawkin? Yeah. Um, Big part of that movie. Yeah. That was one of the first, not... I I feel like they had enough clout at that point to get a better band. They did. Absolutely. (laughs) Why? You think Dawkin is not one of the better bands? Well, here's the funny thing. I was, and so I said this, I was having this argument with my girlfriend the other night and and she was like, you know, her her typical, like, giving me uh, some grief about this, but uh, I was saying how um, I like to think I've got pretty good taste in film and, and music. You know, yeah. like I, I oh. like that's pretty refined. Watching you two talk, I just feel like embarrassed. You guys are so no, good at it. no, not on the podcast right now, but earlier, just yeah. like you guys are going at all films and all, and I'm like, you guys fucking know what you're talking about. I'm just here to drink your whiskey. And but I mean, it's like shit. I like music. I'm like I like to think I like I know good music. Sure. Uh, I have to say though, Dream Warriors is one of my favorite songs of all time. Because whenever I put that song on, do you think it's because the movie though? I don't know, but I know that I, <laughs> I know that I smile yeah. every time I hear That's it. That's nostalgia creeping in, my man. Maybe, maybe, but when I'm walking, <laughs> when I'm walking to Seven Eleven to get a cup of coffee, and I put that song on, it's like two in the morning. I feel awesome, and like I'm super pumped. And I mean that they, look, they don't make know. movies like that anymore. Where like you have this, you go through this experience with these characters, and then at the end, you get a really cool wrap up song. It's like. There you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll, I will tell you what. I don't know if it was part four or five, but Drama Rama's Anything part Anything four. is even better to me. And I, that's a song I, li- I still listen to. Yeah. I still listen to yeah. Anything Anything by Drama Rama. Me too. And that's the training scene in part four. Yeah, and and I, I which I, was the highest grossing. It was. One. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, and then part five was the the worst. I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then part six was pretty good because that had a three D gimmick. But but dr- the Drama Rama song. I mean, like I first heard of that through Nightmare on Street Four because you know. 
you know, we were all from the East Coast, but like in, in the LA area, everybody knows that song because it was played all the Same time. Same with Dawkins, probably. Yeah. <laughs> LA bands, you know? Yeah. Uh, they were a Florida band because the guy who, um, the kid who plays the dork in, uh, yeah. he was from Florida and he talks about it in the documentary oh, about how, like, ev- every everybody was always talking about Dawkins and then he's in a movie with, like, dream, you know, a yeah. Dawkins song. Um, movies in the, pa- in the past had, um, they had, you know, like, there's been a few times in a movie, like, a, an artist is tied in with a movie. Alice Cooper did a, a song for Friday 13th Part yeah. 6. Yep. This was the, I think this was the first one of its kind, though, where it had such a huge push, you know? And they made it like, hey, we're doing this music video. Huh? No. Oh. They, they did this music video for it, and then they, um, they also, like, on the video that we just watched, they have the video music video at the end of the tape, so you can, you know, as a promotional yeah. gimmick. It, it's... I think Nightmare on Elm Street made... Uh, horror marketable in general. Because yeah. before that, it was just slasher films, and it was bad teenagers getting killed. And like you said, like the cast of Dream Warriors brought even younger kids in. Like it's the fucking Burger King Kids Club. Yeah. Like you know, and you care for these characters. It's not Kevin Bacon getting fucking laid. Like who gives a shit? You know what I'm saying? Like it was all trashy teenagers in in all the other slasher films, and this one actually had like good people. None and, of them like, are asking for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're not asking for it, and they're actually suffering. <laughs> yeah, also, but, I, but you, with the toys, the video games, bad, yeah. I think that all came from Nightmare on Elm Street being extremely marketable once it yeah. got a little sillier. I agree. Also, it was all the scariest to me. Like when I was younger. No it way, really. The shit out of me. I think well, I think Michael Myers is the scariest. Really? Uh, no, well, see, I, I was I was over identified because you can attest to this. I used to have really bad sleep paralysis mm-hmm. when I was younger, so mm-hmm. like. I would have these horrible dreams and you'd be like stuck in them and like unable to wake up but totally aware and this scared the shit out of me because I would I would be like I didn't watch it for a really long time too and it was like even the riddles scared like I could hear it on commercial it'd be like change it change it you know like I just you just remind me of this like so Nightmare on Street 3 um, I was 9 years old I'm at my friend's dad's house in Jersey Mm -hmm. and we're watching and like him and his brother and like their brother's friends they put it on and this is broad daylight. I made it to the scene where like Patricia Arquette's going to turn the sink in the very beginning, and it turns. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Yeah. And I, I went, I like went full blown like the sister at Evil Dead, and I just screamed, <laughs> "Shut it off!" Oh and God. I lost my shit. I was that scared, and they did shut it off. We ended up watching Child's Play, which was like not a, any better. Well, no, for me it was like a little bit more because like Freddy was so scary to me yeah. as a kid. But um. Yeah, I definitely I agree with you, Eric. That like the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise really made it marketable. Yeah. You know? And, like um, and that, that's when they started making Friday the 13th a bit more yeah. corny and marketable. Yeah. Because yeah, like, it was, like, pretty move, fucking yeah, brutal before that. Yeah. But, I mean, I think one of the yeah. reasons why they did go to Dockham is because even though, like... They, they were, could afford it? They, they could afford it. <laughs> well, because yeah. even though, like, they were, like, they were making money, they still weren't, like... That whole movie's five million budget. Really? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, like, we're talking, like, this is a this is a franchise that, like, it wasn't until right when the third one, like, the third one coming out that I think it really became... You know, like, the first one came out, and it was, like, a sleeper hit. People were... And then number two came out because it was a sequel, and it made a lot of money. But the third one was really where it, like, really, you know... It... it I think it brought in a lot of the big bucks and everything like that. And that's when they were like, shit, this is a big money-making thing. This isn't just, like, a one-off... Like, a one yeah. or two-off thing. So, um, yeah. I think that's why they had Dawkins, because, like, they couldn't afford Motley Crue. Sure. Or yet, you know? <laughs> um, but also because these were low-budget movies, you know? And, and for what they had... 
I mean, um, New Line in general was just lower budget back then. It's iconic to us because yeah. we're in our 30s. Yeah. But, like, it was not a, the biggest no, deal fact, back then. They weren't, at this point, they weren't even distributing their own stuff. They were producing their, like, Nightmare on Elm Street was really what they were producing, but they were still getting it distributed by other companies, sure. you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and the funny thing, too, is that, like, and I, I just, I feel like I have to mention this, but Roger Ebert hated this movie. Yeah. He part like, three. Went, yeah. No. Went on this fucking rant about part three. And I remember thinking that always irked me. It's always made me, like, not like him that much because we're talking about the guy who wrote Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, and he's bitching about Nightmare on Elm Street. I love Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. But that's his job. I get it. But when he's like, this is like, you know, this is gratuitous, this is misogynistic, this is this, this is this, this is this. Every All these movies that I love, like Blue Velvet, Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. 3, that he hated, I'm like, dude, you fucking did Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, which is like... I mean, it's great. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you're also the person who came up with the line, Bit you know, this is my happening and I'm just freaking me out. Like, come mm-hmm. on, dude. You know, like. Um, he was just mad this, the part three wasn't as homoerotic as part two. <laughs> yeah. we, you, like, in the last episode, we talked about All part right, two yeah, a we'll lot. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we, like, we, like, because, like, uh, we watched The Hidden in part, uh, episode five, which yep. was yeah. uh, directed by the guy who did part two. Sure. And, like, and, and our... Our guest on part episode five just would, would did not want us to stop talking about Nightmare on Elm Street too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get which <laughs> I love Elm Street too. I really do. I, I like it all right. I, I think it I think it holds up. I think it's a really good one. But three is really part two. What I've always said is like, hey, it's a great movie. It may not work as a Nightmare on Elm Street sequel. I think it's a great movie on its own. Part three is like this is what a sequel should fucking sure. be. You know, it makes sense at least. It's a continuation. You know, yeah, the other one just didn't. It was just like an okay movie, but like okay. Yeah, but it's it's awesome. I also love the town because I mean, if you watch all the movies, you watch the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and you you kind of you look at this town, Springwood. Like in the second one, he sleepwalks into a S and M bar. Oh yeah. Um, in this one, there's like you know she's in that alleyway, and like there's like that cool like what was it Joe's bar or Joe? Yeah, 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 Jake's bar. Jake's bar, and we're all, and all three of us were like, I'd go to that bar. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like this is the day when like you would go into an alleyway and there's a fucking neon sign. You know, I mean yeah. this town had everything. Um, towns like that. I mean, we LA doesn't even have half that shit anymore. Yeah, I'm going to Springwood. Yeah, exactly. Jake's bar, baby. No, when I was when I was a kid, I I I thought that like growing being a teenager was being, you know, sex, drugs, and um, yeah. and getting killed by some slasher. And I probably did a lot of drugs because the other two weren't happening. Yeah. So. <laughs> I've never done any, any of those. Yeah, what, what is that? <laughs> Sober-ass virgin. Right. Al- alive. Um, <laughs> did you guys have anything you wanted to add about Nightmare on Street 3? Hmm. No, there are some parts where you're like, I don't know. It All of these older movies, when you watch them now, they have... You just sort of rationalize everything, and they have that nostalgia that you just like. It, you, it, it goes it's well. Fun. You, it it's can get fun. away with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fun, and so there's really you gotta, nothing. There's, there's movies out there now that are so intricate and like mind blowing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, friggin', um, you know, Interstellar and shit like that. Like, yeah, they're it's these cool huge... to just smoke and fucking enjoy yeah. some shit from your childhood. Yeah. And uh, these movies are perfect. And like you said, like yeah. Nancy. Might not be the best actors in yeah, the world, but it works. But, yeah, it's perfect. I it think Nancy is one of the best her- like horror film heroines, well, if not Jamie, my favorite one. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, Curtis is great. I love that. And Kevin I, Bacon. My <laughs> <Not a> girl. <laughs> but I think Nancy really is like I said, with, without with the exception, obviously Freddie being is like the 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 main part of that franchise. But I think Nancy is like the like you know as far as the protagonist. I mean, she's iconic. It just doesn't mean that she's good. <laughs> well, here's no. my honest opinion. 
her acting blew for the first ten minutes she was introduced. Yeah. yeah. And then once they got into Nightmare on Elm Street, shit, she stepped okay, it up. Okay, the one thing that I didn't like is so I, yeah. how happy, like, any time she saw Patricia Arquette's character, they were like, oh my god! You built my house out of paper mache, I know yeah. you! and like, they would be smiling, and I'm like, you guys are about to die, you are fighting death right hey, now. Hey, hey, hey! That's how girls See, act. But, <laughs> but, oh my god. also, also, you do the same thing my girlfriend does, which is, you forget that you're, dying. you're watching a horror movie, <laughs> you're watching a horror movie, these characters don't have the luxury of knowing that they're in a horror movie, so they might, they might think they have a chance to get out, <laughs> you know? Oh That's god. a good point. Um, whatever, I, I love the bond between those two, it really, it, 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 it gets me. Um, before we, we wrap up this episode, though, I do want to mention that, like, uh, we, this happened last week, and, and, you know, by the time this episode comes out, it'll have been two weeks and everything, but uh, yeah. George Romero passed away. Yeah. Which was, I mean, A, not a surprise, but also B, really crushing. We're at that age where all our heroes are dying, and it's, like, really upsetting. It is. Um, it really is. And, like, I mean, it's it's blows my mind how, like, there's some people even today who don't know George Romero is, but yet these are people who watch Walking Dead religiously. Yeah. And I'm like, you would never have that. I mean, and, and the, the, the creator of the comic book, he even admits... That a lot of this is bar- I mean everything yeah, everything works. we know of zombies is borrowed from Him. Romero. And um, when we were talking about sequels, I was gonna say, you know, a sequel two sequels in Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead are Dawn's yeah. my favorite movie of all like my favorite horror movie. There of you all go. Time. And so and that's a sequel. And yeah. it was great. And like he really, you know, it, it really was a bummer. And I mean he didn't just do the Living Dead movies, he did um Movie the Crazies. That, the Crazies, yeah. a movie that I love Martin, which I think is his best one, and I, I keep telling people it's great, it's about this guy who lives in an apartment building with his girlfriend, and he's got this na- weird neighbor mm-hmm. and uh, named Shanene and this other neighbor <laughs> that is like, he's like a little kid named Roscoe who always gives them shit. Um, no, I, I, I really... <laughs> I know, but Martin Martin is really... is, is definitely. Oh, I get it. <laughs> That's Just good. Just like intensely listening, like, like, wow. Yeah, I trust <laughs> these guys' opinions. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, they're talking about Martin Lawrence. <laughs> Um, no, but but in Mr. All, Lawrence. In all seriousness, like Martin is um, is a fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out. About this um, disturbed teenager, this lonely disturbed teenager who thinks he's a vampire, and he gets sent away to live with like an, an older relative to kind of like get a change of scenery and kind of maybe work out some of these issues that he has. And the older relative is also part of the crazy side of the family. He's like, yeah, you're a vampire, and if you do anything, I'm gonna fucking kill you. And it's like this poor kid is like lonely. But he doesn't, and he doesn't kill people with his fangs. He's like doping them up and like using razor blades, and like uh-huh. he's just—it's a really. I know I'm painting him out to be like a terrible character, but he's actually no. like a really simple. It's a really sad movie, mm-hmm. and it was Romero's favorite. What year? It was before Dawn, so I want to okay, say like seventy six, seventy seven. Wow. Okay. Very low budget. It was the first time he actually worked with Tom Savini. He had known Tom Savini, but it was the first I time they worked Tom together. Dude. And um, and then you know even though it didn't do a lot of didn't do a lot of business financially sure. it got a lot of good reviews and they could kind of you know yeah and it, re- it reinvigorated his like Help. okay cool I'm gonna make so it was Dawn of 79 so right. two years later or 78 it was the same year as Alien yeah so, so I think 78 okay and then he does he does Dawn of the Dead and then he did uh, another movie that I think is underrated which is Knight Riders um, I don't I know if you saw it. Ed Harris play. it's about these guys who these people who put on like Ren fairs but with motorcycles, but they like they dress up as like knights and they have battles. And Ed Harris is like the that, King Arthur figure. That's something to love about Romero too. Is he wasn't a one trick pony, and I think a mm-hmm. lot of people might think that about him. Mm-hmm. But like he put out, he had a vision of putting out good movies. Yeah. 
And unlike people today that just like you could put a fucking zombie and a pizza on a t-shirt and everyone would be like, ugh. Yeah. Zomb- like, it was a different thing. It was cool. He invented the modern zombie. Exactly. And, and the only thing that reinvented that was, I think, 28 Days Later. Kind right. Of, you know? Yeah, with the, like, the running. Yeah, that's it. Those zombies. two movies kind of got where we were. Sure. Uh, Dawn of the Dead didn't get released on DVD till we were a little bit older. Yeah. Uh, I had to steal it from Blockbuster Video on VHS. <laughs> it's funny you say I that. fucking stole it. The thing beeped. And yeah, I ran. Because like, <laughs> we, we were all from the Boston area. We all went to, I, like, you know, I went to high school in that, that area. And, like, I, there, was a t- there was a store in Cambridge called Psychotronic Video. Uh, Psychotronic. Uh-huh. It was a record store. But in the back of the room, the back room, they had all these bootleg VHSs of, like, a lot of them were just, like, copies of, like, Japanese Laserdisc. And yeah. that was where I got Dawn of the Dead before it was... Um, before it was like on before DVDs before they were making they were <coughs> making copies to sell on video and um, I still have it it's like one of my it was a huge deal for me I also bought Martin there like it was the actual used video of Martin and uh, it, it he's, he's really he really like you said he really definitely like made it um, what it is and uh and, and Night Riders was about like you know this guy who's basically trying to stick to his like ideals and his principles just like Romero did I mean Romero was in a lot of ways the, one of the most prolific independent filmmakers. Yeah. You know, um, Creep Show, and then he did Creep Show. Oh, fucking. I mean, you know, I mean, Day of the Dead, uh, Monkey Shines, which. Uh, that was Romero? That was Romero, and that was one of the movies I saw at the, the, the marathon. Remember when I was trying to figure out movies I saw? Monkey yeah. Shines was one of them, because I remember that movie really fucked me up, because. And the monkey <laughs> is so fucking cute, and even when it's being like fucking insane, you're like, I don't want to see him do anything bad to the monkey, but he has to, and he's all sad, and I'm like, I'm sad. Uh, Dark Half, he did the adaptation of that. Um, he did, uh, I'm trying to think of what he did in the 90s. Did you ever get to meet him? Never. Never I, got I, to meet I him. Met him. I met him. Did you? Seven years ago. Uh, Land of the Dead? Yeah. Just came out and he was doing a signing at Newberry Comics in Harvard Square. Oh, there you go. Uh, me and my buddy Jake got wasted and we waited in line to get our fucking poster signed or whatever and he's signing them. Dear Jake, stay scared. Yeah. Dear Eric, stay scared. But we get up there and my buddy Jake, we're just on one. Yeah. He's like, can you write stay hard on mine instead? And he's like, fucking yeah. yeah. So dear Jake, stay hard. George Romero. We waited in like an hour in line to see this. Dude. Yeah. Took pictures. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, we go outside and we're smoking cigarettes outside in Harvard Square like literally like 20 minutes later and he just walks outside and he's like, hey, the stay hard guys. He's like, you got a light? And I'm like, yeah. And he just he smoked a boat with us for five ah, minutes. Ah, that's so cool. Didn't ask him about any of the shit he does, because no one who makes shit wants to talk about it with strangers. I just, right. Please yeah. don't. Um, and then he was like, have a good day, guys. And that was it. And I'll never forget that. And it meant a lot to me. No, I, five I, minutes, dude. That's amazing. And like, it's also a really good uh, message for the rest of the world, because uh, that's what killed him. <laughs> Yeah, so... so and, and as I'm I, waiting for this I, podcast yeah. to wrap up, I, so I can smoke a I say, th- I say this to you, I say this to me. You're true, I, Nick I, 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 say, I, I say that, like, hey, uh, fucking cancer sucks, and... It's um, the worst. And he did die of lung cancer, so... At a decent age for that, though. That's true. Yeah. That's so. true. <laughs> that is true. I mean, yeah. I don't want to be a prick, but that's and, a pretty good age to go from smoking. Yeah, yeah. and, like, and there's definitely, like, I, could, I can't think of any, um, any... Publicity still, as I ever saw, where he's not smoking, even like well, as chain a, smoker. Yeah, definitely. So um, he also did real quickly in the early two thousands. He did a movie that I think is really good. A lot of people kind of iffy about it, but it was Bruiser. Okay, that's what I was just looking at because we were talking about. I what never movies, heard of did it. He? I didn't know. Check it out. Was. If um, it was this, uh, it's this like weird movie he made in Toronto. Uh, had one of the dudes from Lock, Sock, and Two Smoking Barrels in it. Okay, so it was later on. Yeah, and. Uh, 
the guy is basically he's getting treated like shit by the entire world and he wakes up one day and he has like no face he just has like a white mask for a face oh and suddenly yeah. without an identity he suddenly starts feeling empowered and he starts like bumping off the people who fucked him no over no fucking way what's it called bruiser, bruiser. and um I haven't seen it. It features but. the misfits in there. Get out of here. Romero also directed a video for them, and it's on. If you get the DVD, oh. it's on there. For oh. the record, I'm such a poser. Listen no, to, listen, to, listen to this dude. No, I'm just, <laughs> saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, but here's the thing, I got two misfits tattoos. The guy's school in my ass. People hated. <laughs> people hated the fucking. They didn't hate it, but they were like, "Oh, fuck, Bruiser Ball." It's fun. Sure. It's, it's got you know, and Peter Stormare's in it. He plays his like sleazy boss, and like he doesn't just play this character. He like overplays it and like takes chunks out of the scenery but it's a fun movie and it was like Romero yeah. kind of like I, 2000. I, I love Romero not do I love his his first three zombie movies I like Land he of the did, Dead I forgot he did Diary of the Dead I remember seeing oh, it that now that was like the, the camcorder one right yeah yeah and I, I but I just I just miss like I, I, I wanted to be known that Romero did way more than just fucking zombie movies yeah and yeah. They weren't as successful, but you know what? They were fucking awesome. Night Riders, I, definitely check I, it out. I honestly think once they remade Crazies, I think a little bit more people got knowledge of that. Yeah. So it helped a little bit, but I think now with his death, people might celebrate his films a yeah. little bit have, more, like yeah. they should. Yeah, absolutely. I think everyone was pretty bummed about that. Yeah, and it was um, weird, because like, a lot of people who weren't even like big horror fans, they were all like, oh man, because like, he really Stan was... Stan Lee's dead. Yeah. <laughs> no, Dude, but that's, no, what, that's, that's, that's what okay, it felt like. Okay, now yeah. I was thinking, I was like, yeah. George Romero is. We got Stanley like. George Romero is horror Stanley. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so you know that was. Uh, so it was I'm a, worried. It was a bummer. <laughs> yeah, it, way to go. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know George Romero, you know he, it sucks that he's he's gone, but he does have these great movies aside from the, the zombie, uh, the Living Dead it's movies. It's a fulfilled so, life, and, yeah. and it left a legacy that means a lot to people like us. So. Yeah. Well said. That's all you can ask for in life. Yeah. Seriously. And yeah. check them out because they're definitely worth the time and the energy to find them because they're awesome. No doubt. Mm-hmm. And so uh, with that, I think we're, we're good, right? Yeah. Cool. All right, Very Eric, cool. thank you so much for being yes. on there. And check out Meth Syndicate Woo! on what? MethSyndicate.com. On Instagram, it's at Meth Syndicate. Yeah. Um, there you go. Don't worry about me. Support Video Vampires. And uh, these are the most <laughs> knowledgeable movie dorks I've ever met in my life. <laughs> so if you actually give a shit, pay attention. They're going to have a lot of cool shit coming up. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Alright, bye. I'm gonna need the rest of your pizza. One, two, three, coming for you. One. He's close. Oh, shh. He's real, isn't he? Right, though. He's real. Three. Ready or not, Freddy's back. A nightmare on Elm Street, part three. Dream Warriors Rated R starts Friday at a theater near you.